Welcome back to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin Appel, Miles Raruka here. We are your co-host and the Chargers find themselves facing a very, very, very tough defensive front against the Jets this week. We're here to talk all about it. My man, how you doing? How you feeling on this Sunday afternoon? This is later than usual when we record, but Monday night game, you know, gives us, gives us a chance to kind of hang out on a Sunday, watch some games and and talk some ball. Oh yeah. I, I've got my setup with red zone over here to my left. Um, but yeah, really just looking forward to tomorrow night. Another prime time game for the chargers. Feels like this is our what now th- now our third primetime game in the last four weeks, and we've got more coming up um, for the rest of the season. So, a lot of primetime football, a lot of ch- a lot of opportunities to showcase some stuff uh, in front of the nation yet again. And I'm excited, nervous but excited, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, me too, man. This is a huge game uh, for a lot of di- a lot of different reasons. I mean, just the way that the AFC is kind of taking place and and shaping up over a few weeks into the year. You know, we're we're pretty much halfway through the season at this point, which is crazy, man. Like, it amazes me every year how much quicker the NFL season goes by the older I get. I'm like, oh my gosh, it flies by. So you know, we're pretty much already halfway through it. The way the AFC is shaping up, um, this is a huge game for both teams. Um, you know, when it comes to jostling in position for, you know, for playoff spots down the road, um, and yeah, I can't wait to get into all of that. But yeah, uh, been a good weekend, man. I hit a parlay last night for like three hundred bucks, which was nice. Um, and then on top of that, I lost a hundred bucks. So, you know, still up, but you know, it's a uh, you know, to, you know, to be seen how we, how we do the rest of the day with my NFL bets. So hopefully we, uh, we stay up, but, uh, no man, I can't, can't complain. It's been a fun weekend of football. I got some stuff done around the house and, uh, yeah, just excited for this Monday night matchup. Yeah, no, for sure. Sorry. I was spacing out watching Nico Collins go for a touchdown right here for the Texans, but yeah, I've got a few Ooh. legs going today as well. Um, so far pretty meh. It feels like all a lot of these early early games have been pretty it's kind of some snoozers, honestly. Not a, not a whole ton of explosive plays, not a ton of scoring, but I'm honestly expecting that trend to continue into tomorrow night. Um, definitely, I think it's it's going to be a sluggish one. It's going to be a battle. Uh, you know, a, a pretty decent offense against a really good defense, and a pretty meh offense against a pretty meh defense. So, um, you know, I, I'm. I have some hope, um, but definitely have some nerves to be calmed as well. So uh, with that, I think we should just hop right into it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Um, are you drinking anything today or are you just straight up recovering? I am in recovery mode. Um, there's not many. You won't catch me with a beer in my hand on Sundays very often. Man, that's weak. I, I, thought, you were, I thought you were a true player. I am, a, I am a true player, but the player played his games the last few nights. So <laughs> carried the team on his back. He needs to yeah, rest. rest. Rest day for me. But uh, I, I see you sipping over there. What do you got going on? Uh, I got the the good old Pacifico Cerveza with the lime, baby. We're uh, it's a it's a light Sunday, so I wanted something, wanted something uh, fresh, crisp, light, and I, I love a good Cerveza. Pacifico is one of my favorites, so. Still, I still to this day think about the, um, and I don't know if anyone ever like received them, but do you remember like two years ago when the Chargers were doing that Pacifico Mm-mm. cooler giveaway? 
I don't think so. maybe, but it was like a limited edition. Um, I think it, I want to say it was a, I want to say it was like a, what are the really nice brand of like mugs and coolers? The really bougie oh, brand. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the name here. Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. I want to say it was a Yeti, <laughs> Yeti cooler, like sponsored by Pacifico with like chargers. That was like the Pacifico yellow with like chargers, like bolts on it and stuff. And man, it was so dope. Every time to this day, come- when I, when I see the yellow can, I still think of that cooler and I'm like, damn, I'm sure you could find one somewhere. If you look hard enough. I mean, you could probably just make your own. Probably just get like a, a Yeti cooler, wrap it in yellow something, or if they make true them in yellow and then just like decal it up. But yeah, it was, it was dope. I still think of it. And I love Pacifico. It's one of my favorite cervezas along with a few others, but that's what we're sipping on today. So there you go. Yeah. Pacifico. I believe I've tried it before, but it's been a minute, but I do remember being a fan of it. So I, I, uh, I approve of your drink choice for the day. Thanks. That means a lot. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so Chargers, Jets, Monday night football. Um, yeah. In New York, primetime game. Right off the rip, man. Injury report for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, a lot of questionable tags. Um, know of one player who is out. Unfortunately, will be out the next four weeks. Joshua Palmer was placed on injury reserve today. Uh, not great for that receiver room, but some other questionable tags that go along with tomorrow night. We have Morgan Fox within oblique, was limited two days, practiced full yesterday. Jalen Guyton practiced full all week. This would be his first game returning. He's still listed as a questionable tag. Um, I did not participate due to an illness yesterday uh, with Sebastian Joseph Day, who carries a questionable tag. We have Eric Hendricks was limited two days full yesterday, questionable tag. Kenneth Murray limited Friday and Saturday with a questionable tag. And Otito Ogbania, another guy slated to return off of the PUP list along with Jalen Guyton come tomorrow night, was full all week. Questionable is his uh, game tag. Really, me, obviously, Josh Palmer being out, but and Sebastian Joseph Day with a DMP yesterday with an illness. Uh, other than those two, I think we should have most of our guys come tomorrow. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, a lot of questionables, but when you really boil it down, like, yeah, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day wasn't on the injury report until yesterday with that illness. So um, that's at least encouraging that it's not injury related necessarily. It's just an illness. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Jalen Guyton and Tito Ogbania, they're both listed as questionable, but I think they're trending, you know, in the right direction. They've they've been uh you know, they've had a few days now to to come off that PUP list and, and get ready. So I think that they're gonna be okay. I think we should see them. And then Eric Kendricks, like he said, limited and then a full. That's trending positive as well. Same with Kenneth Murray. He wasn't listed on the report until Friday, but he's been limited Friday and Saturday. So, yeah, altogether, I mean, lots of questionables, but lots of questionables that look and seem to be trending in the right direction. And the same kind of goes for the Jets. I mean, not it's not necessarily the the same thing with all the questionable statuses, but, you know, they have a lot of guys that are 
on the injury report, but are clearly going to be, you know, suiting up tomorrow and playing. They're they're basically they're not even questionable. They're already you know scheduled to go. So the only one that they have out is, uh, and this is a big one. You know, starting left tackle Dwayne Brown is out, even though he was a full participant in practice the whole week. So that's that's kind of interesting. Weird. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Um, and then, you know, another big one, or I guess, you know, the, the next biggest one would be Alan, Alan Lazard, uh, you know, just showed up on the injury report yesterday. He was limited and now he's questionable for the game tomorrow night. So that one doesn't look great on paper anyways. Um, so, you know, that could, that could affect the uh, receiving depth there for the jets. Um, but other than that, I mean, Every other name you see on here, some are, are bigger than others. You know, Mackay Becton, Randall Cobb, Irvin Charles, uh, Joe Titman, Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, all those guys we're going to see. So it really comes down to, I mean, it's pretty much Dwayne Brown, who's out, and then Alan Lazard, who's questionable, and also defensive back Adrian Amos, uh, who just showed up on the injury, injury report yesterday as well with an ankle issue. So uh, he was limited and he's now questionable, but altogether, man, it seems like a team that two teams that really should have the majority of their weapons, um, you know, available. And uh, you know, there's really not a a ton to go off with the injury report this week, which I think is a good thing for both sides. You know, you want to see, you know, from a Chargers standpoint, you want to, you want to see your best guys out there. You want to see the team, uh, some you know somewhat healthy but you also want to see them stack up against a fair you know uh opposition you know you want you want to see them stack up against a, a jets team that's pretty much full force you know just as a another honest measuring stick to, to see where this offense is and just to see where this team is at because it, it is going to be it's going to be a battle and I, i'm excited to kind of get into the rest of that with predictions and keys to victory and what to watch for but um yeah, just as far as you know, injuries go, both teams should be pretty healthy and and should have, you know, majority of their guys available to go. Yeah, I, I think that this we can use this as a perfect transition into some of our keys to victory with uh, the receiver room. Man, just seems to be the position year in and year out for this team that we just cannot stay healthy in. You know, we saw Mike Williams go down ACL tear this year out for the season. Now Josh Palmer is going to be missing the next four games. Thankfully, we are getting Jalen Guyton back, a guy who has established chemistry with Justin Herbert. But, man, I think going forward, it's really going to be the Quentin Johnson show. And I think that's going to be one of my keys to victory is really being able to get him involved in this game. Uh, Keenan Allen one-on-one versus Sauce Gardner is not a beautiful matchup whatsoever. You know, Keenan will be able to get open here and there. But against a true lockdown corner, really a massive test for him. I think getting number one involved and involved early on in this past game is going to be incredibly important for this offense being able to see him you know take that leap forward that we saw last week and turn it into another you know another pretty good game this week is imperative to a victory i think come monday night yeah uh the the receivers are going to play a huge role in this game i love what you said about the whole keenan or or sauce on keenan thing you know like that that's very true they're going to need to find a way to you know, move Keenan around as much as possible. 
whether that's in the slot, whether that's on the outside, um, you know, getting creative with how they're going to get him touches. Um, but for me, I mean, to, to me, the, the key to victory is, is pretty simple. And it's, I, I think we saw a very positive sign last week out of Austin Eckler and just his, you know, kind of resurgence back into this offense. Um, you know, as he kind of builds back up to the Austin Eckler that we know. Um, but this, this is a really interesting jets defense because, just from the naked eye, I mean, just watching them, uh, you know, throughout the season, whether, you know, I catch some of their games on primetime or, you know, just highlights and looking back on things uh, at the end of the weekend. I just assume this was a lights out, don't fuck around with this defense type defense. Uh, and that's, it is very true. I mean, they are a very, uh, very strong defense. They boast a top five passing defense, which you know, adds up on paper when you think of, you know, some of the talent they have back there, Sauce Gardner, a few other dudes. Um, but this is a, this defense is also second, ranked second to last in rushing yards allowed per game, which I didn't know that. And the second I saw that, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, hold on, wait a minute. That can't, that can't be right. Uh, but it is. So to me, there's a very, clear blueprint or path to kind of go down with this game, or at least, and, and I'm sure they're aware of it and I'm sure they're, they're scheming up their game plan to, you know, get a lot out of that running game. Um, and it, it'll be a big sign too, you know, if they lean in onto that, uh, the running side of things and, you know, early on in the game, it's just, it's not going anywhere. They're, they're having no success running the, the ball. You know, that might just be how the game's going to go. It might be a, you know, 17 14 final score with you know two rushing touchdowns or you know a battle of field position or turnovers or you know whatever but i really think the key this week is to find a way to establish the run get the ball into austin eckler's hands as much as you possibly can this is a physical defensive front you know one of the best that you're going to see in, in the national football league quentin williams uh carl lawson quentin jefferson like this is going to be a strong defensive front for, for this offensive line. Um, so I don't it doesn't even have to be, I mean, yes, the running game is, is a key to victory for me, but also just getting Austin Eckler involved as much as possible, as much as possible, whether it's short little screens, um, you know, pitches, tosses, uh, halfback draws. Like, I don't, I don't care what it is. Like they just need, wide receiver screens. They just need to figure out a way to get the ball in his hands in space and, and let him carve up this defense. Yeah. And I think it can go without saying that this offensive line hasn't been nearly as productive um, without Corey Lindsley out on the field so far this year, especially interior wise. And that's really where the jets best player comes on that deep. Well, sauce and Quinn and Williams. I mean, one of the, maybe the best defensive tackle in all of football. That dude is an absolute force to be reckoned with. So I, I don't know if scheming up, you know, some sort of chip plays on him or, you know, being able to just being able to take away the inside, the perimeter of that Jets defense is so key. And I was really surprised. I did not realize that about the Jets rush defense. Cause I mean, especially when you think about up front with guys like Quinn and Williams, uh, you know, uh, Johnson, a uh, bunch of dudes up there, a bunch of dogs up there that, um, you know, really scare me until, you know, you mentioned that stat. So, yeah, getting stuff going um, in the run game is definitely huge. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the more pressure you can take off Justin Herbert in, in a game that, you know, like I said, they, they boast a top five passing defense. Uh, you know, there might not be as many or as big of windows, you know, than usual. Like they're, they're, the the spaces you might be trying to fit the ball into are probably going to be a little tighter than usual just playing a defense like this. So you might not have as much time to to find guys open. Um, so it's just, it's going to be a tough task for Justin Herbert. Um, not to say that he can't, can't handle it or, you know, that he's not prepared for it. He's seen tough defenses in the NFL and he's, you know, held his own against them. So uh, to me, it's just a matter of like, don't, don't ask Justin Herbert to go win this game for you. Um, not that he can't, he sure as hell can, but you just need to give him, it's time to just, have other people help out, like share the workload, get the running game involved. Like I would love to see this defense, you know, make Zach Wilson look like the Zach Wilson we're used to seeing, <laughs> which is not a starter in this, in this league. Um, so I like there's obviously a ton of different ways they can do that and they can help Justin out. Um, but basically, you know, the, the biggest one for me is, you know, get Austin Eckler involved. He can, he can probably, I mean, he probably moves the needle the most on this team outside of Justin Herbert, you know, whether it's on the ground, it's in the passing game. Uh, it's a combination of both. Uh, this offense is at their best when he is involved at a high level and, and getting touches. So I, it, it, all signs point to that being the case as well. Just, with this not being the best uh, rushing defense with Austin Eckler. Now, you know, it's his third week back after injury. He's starting to pick up steam. You know, we're, we're going to get to see him on an uh, extra day's rest on a primetime game again. Um, so I, to me, it just screams like get him involved, you know, get other guys involved as well, obviously. Um, but that's, that's the, the clearest path for me as far as to, to get Justin Herbert help, get Austin Eckler involved. Yeah, I mean, we saw last Sunday night what this offense can look like with a healthy Austin Eckler. It's it's so much, you know, more than just a one-dimensional throwing the ball downfield type of regime. You know, we weren't able to necessarily get the run game going, but just that aspect of having, you know, him being able to do what he does best and catch the ball, you know, a few yeah. yards off the line of scrimmage and, you know, be able to get some yards after catch. It's That's just his bread and yeah. butter. He's just a threat, man, and it's such a – Again, it's just it relieves so much pressure off of a quarterback, you know, when you have a guy that he's a guy that, you know, it, it could be, you know, everything from the start of the play could could be looking like it's going to be a negative play, you know, whether it's a stuffed run or, you know, they sniff out a screen or they just, you know, they sniff out whatever we're looking to do. Um, he's that he's that kind of guy where you can still dump it off to him and he'll shed a tackle, bounce off another guy. And all of a sudden, instead of losing three yards, you're looking at like second and three or second and four, you know, and it's plays like that too, where you know, they're, they're not going to make the highlight reel. Um, but I, I, it's so underrated what, you know, what that does for an offense, especially, you know, in crucial situations, if you're able to pick up just one more first down or, or one more yard, uh, you know, it, it changes things completely. So he's just that, he's that special of a guy that, as soon as the ball goes into his hand, I mean, if I if I was a fan of the opposing team, and as soon as I see the ball go into Eckler's hands, it's almost like a Tyreek feeling. It's like, oh, come on, like get on his ass now, like 
do not give him an inch because he will squeeze through a crack and he's gone or he'll bounce off someone and you know, he's, he's gone. So uh, yeah, just getting him more involved ultimately is probably my, my biggest key to victory. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how Robert Sala is able to draw up some sort of, it's almost going to be like a QB spy, but for number 30, you know, just, you know, him coming out of the backfield and getting those dump offs is just so nasty, so explosive for this offense. I think we finally saw some more hints of explosive plays um, involving number 30 and involving this whole offense as a whole last week, which has been something we've really been missing. But defensively, that's exactly where I'm going is I think limiting the explosive plays, especially against Brees Hall on the ground this week. Brees Hall, it feels like every time I'm watching Red Zone on a Sunday, it feels like there's always at least one pan over to a Brees Hall, you know, 60-yard scamper where he doesn't even get touched. You know, I think he he's a real force in as a running back, and this feels like one of those games that it's he's going to be a really big weapon for them. Him, you know, Garrett Wilson through the air, but with – Zach Wilson as your quarterback. I think their goal is to also going to be to lean on the run game a lot more against, you know, our rush defense who hasn't been great really since we've been fans, it feels like. So I I think being able to negate yards from him, being able to take early downs away from that running rushing defense, excuse me, that rushing offense and making Zach Wilson throw the ball more than, you know, they want to is – definitely huge um in order to get a win in new york yeah that's a great that's a great point too because this is a defense that just has not been able to figure that out yet um you know limit the the big explosive play it's pretty much happened in every game this season so far and it's it's pretty much i mean it's been a staple since brandon staley's been you know calling this defense really i mean if we're being honest it's just something that since we've been chargers fans let's be honest well, yeah, but I mean, more so, I, know, like, I, know, I, I know. mean, we've noticed it definitely more the, over the last two, two seasons, I would say. And yeah, I don't know. It's unfortunate. I mean, I don't know why they have not been able to, you know, avoid that, but yeah, it seems like they're poised to, to let another one go this week with, with Brees Hall. I mean, you just, at this point, it's not really a matter of if it's just kind of a matter of when, you know, um, Hopefully it's early in the game, preferably on that first drive. And then, you know, it something that doesn't cost you either, you know, drive stalls or maybe they only get three points out of it. Um, you know, you, you just hope it doesn't come at a point in the game where it can completely change the momentum of the entire game, you know, late in the second half, um, you know, maybe you're up by three and all of a sudden they, you know, rip off a 65, 70 yard run and it completely, you know, they, they get a score, they come down, they, they stop it like momentum shifts completely. So to me, that's, that's kind of where my headset or mindset's been at over the last couple of weeks. It's like, it's, it's not even, man, I hope they can figure it out this week and, and not let one of those big plays off, but it's just a, it's more so of a, okay, I know it's going to happen, but just, Hopefully it doesn't happen at a really shitty time. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like we've been getting a bit bailed out, especially last week against Chicago. A few big plays that, you know, receiver fell down, things along those lines. So, yeah, you know, I, I think against a better coach team that we're going to see in the Jets, mistakes like that probably won't necessarily go as well as they have been um, the last week, at least. Yeah. No, yeah, we've we've definitely gotten bailed out on a few, and 
you know, I would even say, I mean, yeah, that the first play of the game last week against Chicago, you know, it's a big play. And again, you know, it's enough of, you know, it's, there's still a lot of adrenaline going. It's the first drive. The defense was able to kind of say, all right, we got it out of our system at least, you know, like, you know, it's, sometimes it's not a bad thing. It's just to get it out of the system on that first drive, you know, yeah. and hope and hope it doesn't, you know, account for more than three points. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's another week for them to, to prove that they can eliminate the big play. So, you know, that's an opportunity for this defense, but at the same time, uh, they just haven't given you a lot to, <laughs> to really have the the confidence or the faith to be like, okay, they're going to figure it out. Um, because yeah, Brees Hall is a home run threat. Um, Garrett Wilson's another guy that, you know, if he gets the ball in open space, he scares me. Gets me and, some um, points, so. <laughs> yeah, I have him on one of, my, one of my teams as well. So, um, all the yards, none of the touchdowns for Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, well, I'll take a, you know, he can catch the single jets touchdown if he'd like, I would like to think our offense can score more than one. So, there you um, go. but yeah, do you got a final key for us off the dome? Uh, final key is just going to be now I'll, I'll save that for a storyline. It's more of a storyline than it is a key. Fair enough. Well, should we just hop right into storyline then? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so my storyline to watch for, uh, one of the storylines to watch for for me personally is going to be Brandon Staley versus Robert Sala. Um, You know, I know they're both on the defensive side of the ball, so they're not necessarily going head-to-head, you know, like Kellen Moore and Robert Sala will be tomorrow night. Um, But it's definitely like, you know, I think these are, and maybe at this point, maybe it's not as big of a storyline as it, would have been maybe last season or, you know, before the, the Brandon Staley train started to really lose a lot of its uh, momentum and steam. Um, but look, two coaches that got hired, I think in the same year, I believe same coaching class. I want to say, yeah, I, um, so. I want to say Robert Sala even interviewed for the chargers. I don't quote me on that. I still haven't found that out, but I don't know. It sounds right. And uh, it, it's a tale of, it's a tale of two coaches and, and a tale of, two different stories so far, you know, Robert Sala has come in and, and re-energized the jets. They've built a top defense. You know, that's what they brought him in to do. He's a defensive guy. Our defense should be good because of that. And, you know, it took him one season and he figured it out. Uh, he hasn't had as much success on the other end of the ball, you know, offensively just got a new quarterback, shiny new toy to play with this year. And it breaks down in the first three seconds. So, uh, you know, I, I think, but again, he's had so much success on the other side of the ball and he just, he passes the coaching eye test, you know, he situationally, um, you know, he seems to have like that stuff under control. Um, he, you know, he's, he's gone out and hired a good offensive coordinator to run that side of the ball in Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, he's just, he's done everything right. Um, you know, I think he's just, kind of had some, some shitty luck since he's been in New York so far. And then you have Brandon Staley on the other end, you know, where it's, he's been gifted every single thing, every shiny toy in the world. And, you know, here we are sitting at three and four, hoping to get back to 500 and way too many all pro and, you know, pro bowlers on this roster to, to have any sort of excuse. So it really is just like a tale of two, different completely different routes that they've had so far as head coaches in the league. And I think it could be just something to look back on 
even, you know, a couple of weeks from now, a couple of months from now, a year from now. Um, and I mean, it's something that I've already done personally with these two coaches specifically. It's just been like, look at the trajectory of both of these teams and look at what they have to work with. So to me, it's just, uh, I mean, it's a storyline of, yeah, two, two head coaches that are, you know, in the same, same coaching class that have had different successes over their first three years in the league. But, uh, you know, I think one clearly has, is on a better track, but the other one has a chance to, to at least shut some people up for the time being. And I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if his, if he can save his job at this point. Um, it it kind of seems inevitable. It just, you know, seems like one of those things that's going to happen, but yeah, ultimately that's the storyline um, that I really was thinking of when it comes down to Brandon Staley and, and Robert Sala. Yeah. I was able to watch uh, hard knocks this summer and it just seems like it was a total culture change in New York. You know, Robert Sala came in with this no bullshit mentality. The jets had been poverty for quite a while before then. And like you said, it's really just been a couple of really tough breaks that I think have put the Jets away from serious contenders. You know, Rogers stays healthy this year with that connection with Garrett Wilson. I think, I mean, I took Garrett Wilson and first Lazard. Round. Yeah, yeah, and Lazard, Robert, Randall Cobb. I mean, yeah. Brees Hall. You know, they're bringing in guys like Dalvin Cook, who sucks, but like they're still signing <laughs> veterans, guys that yeah. can come in and really revamp a culture They've change. Drafted really well since yeah, he's been exa- there, I feel I like mean, you know, defensively. Like- the they hit thing. on first round picks. Like they hit on Quinn and Williams. They hit on Sauce Gardner. They yes. hit on guys like Elijah Bear Tucker. I mean, Mackay Beckton's been kind of iffy. Jermaine Johnson's been pretty solid so far. I mean, yeah. it, it seems like, especially that culture is definitely very prominent on the defensive side of the ball. I know Robert Sala set up a, he's got a saying, all gas, no breaks, uh, that he mentioned a lot during hard knocks. And you can just tell the amount of respect that they have for him um around just around that facility and i think that he's done a phenomenal job since being there and i mean if if tomorrow night comes down to a coaching battle i don't like where our cards are played necessarily with brandon staley versus uh robert sala but one of my bigger storylines to watch for uh, i've already mentioned it a little bit earlier but it's it is going to be sauce Gardner versus keenan allen uh the rookie versus the vet you know um obviously sauce Gardner, all pro uh, as a rookie last year, Keenan Allen's been doing his thing, 31 years old, or is he 30, 31, 32? I just watched the video of him in QJ's interview the other day. I want to say he said he was either 31 or 33. I can't remember. But either way, uh, Sauce Gardner, one of the younger corners, one of the better corners in the league, Keenan Allen has a knack for just being that guy who gets open all the time. And I'm really just excited to see how those two guys are able to battle it out, see if – see if it's the young bull or, you know, if it's, if it's the veteran, that's, we'll be able to get the best of them. Yeah. Keenan's definitely going to have his hands full. Um, but like I said, you know, to me, it's like, what, what can Kellen Moore do to, to scheme up, you know, how to get Keenan open? Like how, how much can we move him around, um, to throw them off? You know, can we, can we, can we move him around all night? And if we do that, is Sauce going to just follow him, you know, or what's their game plan with that too? Uh, but what an opportunity for guys like QJ and Jalen Guyton, you know, uh, sucks that Josh Palmer is on the IR now for the next four weeks, but you know, at least the silver lining is, Hey, we get something back, you know, in that loss. And that's Jalen Guyton coming back off the PUP list. So, um, 
that's something to be to look forward to. And, and uh, again, you know, Guyton does bring speed. He does bring some size to him as well. Um, so I still think, you know, there's plenty of offensive weapon there, but um, yeah, you're definitely missing a guy like Mike Williams in a matchup like this for sure. Uh, but again, just more, more opportunity for, for the younger receivers. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Again, I mentioned QJ earlier, but I'm actually really excited to see Jalen Guyton again. I know we had a lot of talks off season wise about whether or not he would retain a roster spot. I thought he I mean, was his, gone for sure. Yeah, but I mean his I think his his speed laterally, if we can see an explosive play for Jalen Guyton tomorrow night, that will make me very, very happy. Yeah, you do have to, I mean that that is something to to watch for as well. Sorry, I have the burps here. Um, but yeah, Jalen Guyton's speed, how, how does that, you know, does he have the same speed as he did before the ACL? Um, what's that look like? Uh, you know, is it going to be the, the, the classic, you know, Herbert to Guyton connection for, you know, a, a deep, a deep ball down the field. It seems like a lot of Herbert's deep balls over the course of his career have gone to Jalen Guyton. Um, Josh Palmer's caught, caught a handful of them. Uh, Mike Williams, obviously. Uh, but it seems like a lot of them have have wound up in the hands of, of Jalen Guyton. Um, so yeah, that that's exciting. That's something that I'm going to be, I'm going to be paying attention to. And uh, it's just nice to have another guy to kind of come in and, and, and step up for, you know, an injured Josh Palmer and, and even, you know, a, a guy that we lost, but you know, doesn't seem, seem like he's been around for a couple of weeks, but Mike Williams, you know, he's, he's still, you know, was on this roster at the beginning of the season and uh, you know, that's someone that you have to replace when they go down. So, but yeah, excited to see. I mean, if anything, I, I think I'm more excited about like the development of guys like Darius Davis, Quentin Johnson. Um, you know, I really want to see those guys get better every week. You know, we, we were calling for it last week. We got it. You know, we got Quentin Johnson's baby breakout game. You know, it wasn't a hundred yard game. wasn't a, two touchdown game, you know, nothing that's going to break Twitter or anything like that, but 50 yards, handful of grabs, like that's what we need to see. Like these little stepping stones, you know, of building trust and, and confidence with, with your quarterback and just finding yourself, like finding your own role in this offense and what that looks like for you. So uh, yeah, just excited, man, for, for those younger guys. That's, I guess that's a storyline for me as well. It's just, Every week, you know, we, we see a couple of young guys stand out and I just love thinking about where this team could be in a year or two, especially with the impending, you know, cap dilemmas that we're going to be in. Like we really need some of these young guys uh, this year and just going into next year to take a step up and like give us the confidence that, hey, we don't have to go out and completely rebuild this position group because we have you know young guy young guy and young guy that have stepped up and they're going to be our future like that 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 excites me and and i think you know this season's kind of opened up to be one of those years where we're going to have a lot of those a lot of chances to see you know young guys step up yeah i think a lot of people especially on twitter were upset with uh qj's target share thus far and i feel like last Sunday was really just a good opportunity, not for, you know, just a stat sheet, but to show that, Hey, Justin's starting to look this guy's way. They're starting to build that chemistry. Like it's yeah, 
really, I think it's a matter of time until we really see a monster breakout game from QJ. I think you've been seeing it too. I just don't think it's, you know, the, the connections have, there haven't been enough connections to really like validate that point. I I should say, because like, I I mean, towards the end of the game and in that Dallas game, like he was starting to look more towards QJ, you know, like, I think he's, it's been, it's the last couple of weeks. He's definitely been looking at it more and more. Um, And then last week we finally got to see that kind of culminate and, and result in a, a baby, a baby breakout game for, yeah. for QJ. So totally agree. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, man. Um, any other storylines you got? It's all I can come up with, man. I guess my last one that I could think of was just another primetime game, another chance for, you know, the chargers to not only sell themselves, but to sell the media, to sell the country and what, you know, that they are a legit threat, uh, legit playoff team. You know, if they win this week, they get back to four and four. Um, you know, they they get to knock the Jets down a peg, and you know, just the way this AFC has been shaping up over the last two or three weeks, um, it's it's. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of a lot of moving up and down for 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 teams. You know, you win one week, you move up two or three spots. You lose, you drop two or three spots. Um, and so it's it's going to take a few more weeks until I really think we see that separation of who the, the contenders are and who the pretenders are. But for now, I mean, there's still a lot of pretenders out there and this is a chance for the chargers to prove to not only themselves, but to everyone else, like, yo, we're not, we're not the Steelers. (laughs) We're not four and three right now. Like everyone's like, Oh my God, look at the Steelers. Um, I still don't think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. And that's my point. Exactly. You know, I, I, I think there's teams right now that are disguising themselves as something Frauds. they're not. Frauds. Yeah. And, and, and there are teams right now that maybe for whatever reason just got off to a shitty start, but are still going to be there at the end of the season. So yeah, another chance for them to, to show everyone that, Hey, we're going to get this turned around. Um, and, and we're going to make the playoffs again. Yeah, I think we're really just still finding our identity. Uh, I know we're halfway through the season now, already got the bye week behind us, but if it's going to start, it's going to start on one of these primetime games, and you know, a huge win tomorrow will solidify a lot for me and for a lot of fans at least. Well, yeah, and if they win tomorrow night, you know, they stack up two in a row. It'll be the second time they've done that this year already. Um, and then they get they get to come home and, and play a, a really good Lions team and really find out what they're made of. Uh, because at that point, it'll be a chance to win three in a row if they win tomorrow night um, and be above 500. So huge game this week. And I'm not already looking forward to next week because I realize how big this game is. But um, just to your point of it's not going to get easier. You know, it's one game at a time, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, you know, to start stacking those wins on top of each other is a, a huge, I mean, it just does so many things momentum wise that, I mean, you can create so much momentum just by winning two or three in a row. Um, and again, they have the opportunity to do that. So, uh, it's <laughs> just buckle up because this week, next week, the week after that, these next three to four weeks are going to be a roller coaster. We're either going to find ourselves, you know, looking pretty good above 500 and, and kind of, you know, sizing ourselves up against other AFC contenders, or 
we might we might already be talking draft and we might already be talking head coach replacement i mean we we kind of already have been talking that but uh yeah you know there's it's one or the other i, I just don't think there's an in-between you, you there's either you know looking at the playoffs looking at who else is you know what everyone else is doing and just or just realizing fuck this season's a wash back to the drawing board how do we you know how do we build a roster next year that's more more competitive yeah i mean yeah i you said it yourself you said it better than i could this is very crucial especially for this afc playoff race you know we already got few teams ahead of us like let's say Tennessee goes on a run that would hold a tiebreaker over us just not ideal get get as many AFC W's as we can and let's see what happens 100% man so uh that brings us to odds so swinging back around to the uh to the gambling side of things here uh, this game Chargers are favorited believe it or not uh which I thought was kind of interesting right now uh the chargers are three and a half point favorites over the jets so yeah surprising but uh it also makes a little sense you know zach wilson justin herbert there's a, a pretty big discrepancy there uh the over under right now is set at 39 and a half which i would say is pretty pretty fair for this matchup and the money line is in favor of the chargers minus 175 so just going off the straight game lines here. Um, again, I I would probably stay away from this game in general, but I don't hate the Jets plus three and a half. Like, I think this very well could be a field goal game. I like, I'm with you 100. If I'm betting this game, I I'm having a hard time going against Jets plus three and a half, especially at home, a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. Prime time, close, good defense. This game, Uh, this game really overall gives me a lot of vibes of that Broncos game that we played on Monday night last year, the Dustin Hopkins legacy game, if you will. Mm. Um, I'm I'm thinking, you know, not a ton of points. I'm thinking a lot of drives that stall, a lot of field goals. Um, Mm. I'm just thinking it's going to be, it's going to be an ugly one. It's going to be a scrappy one. I think I would also ride with Jets plus three and a half. Yeah, because I think there's a solid chance that the jets just find a way to stage a comeback and we lose a heartbreaker or we hang on to win and it, it's, you know, a field goal is the, the difference. So either way, um, I don't think that's a terrible pick at all. I mean, plus three and a half for the jets. Uh, yeah, not, not a, not a terrible line there. Um, and then the over under two, I'm probably taking the under at 39 and a half. I don't, We're I don't the think that's page. a terrible line either. Like, uh, would I like it to be like 42, 43? Would that make my decision a little easier? For sure. But that's not how Vegas works. That's not how Vegas works. They know more than we do. And yeah, I just think the Jets defense is, is strong enough to to give this offense some problems and you know not put up as many points as we normally do. And I think the Jets offense is just not that great. And Zach Wilson's probably going to have a few head banging moments, few turnovers, you know, at costly times. And it's probably going to be a, a scrappy fight for most of this game, just with, you know, each team having one phase of the ball. That's just not that great. Yeah. I'm, 
it might be an ugly one. I'm I'm buckled up. I'm ready. Uh, you know, I got a lot of faith in this team after last Sunday's performance against the Bears. Um, I mean, I'm I mean, I still think that we can get this thing done. Don't get me wrong, but it's a very good defense against a pretty inconsistent offense, but can be top tier. And then, you know, it's I think I might just turn the TV off when it's Jets offense versus Chargers defense. I might just I might just, uh, you know, not want that kind of pain on my eyes. So um, but yeah, I think uh, plus three and a half. I'm betting the under as well. And I think that we should just get straight into our game predictions. All right, man, let's do it. So I want you to go first. All right, man. So for me, like my, my prediction here, um, I think ultimately I do believe the Chargers win this game. Um, I do think it's going to be a very, very tough game. Like just, I, I don't know what it is about the Jets. I've, kind of followed in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if it's just because of I've either placed bets on those games or I don't know. I've just tuned in and caught some of those games and, or, or the end of some of their games. And dude, Robert solid just seems to have this team so amped up. Like they love that dude and they'll go to war for that dude. And I just don't get that same vibe. <laughs> Brandon Staley with this team. So, you know, that, that scares me. They're, they're coached, they're coached really well. They're coached hard intensely. Um, I, everything about this just screams boxing mat, like boxing fight. Like it's going to go 12 rounds, but I think we can, I, I think this has the makings of a Cameron Dicker game winner. Like going to be a fight for four quarters, you know, going to have some moments in the, in the fourth quarter uh, some big clutch moments on both sides, just, great football and then ultimately i think we get a little luck on our side get the ball back at the right time and have the the chance to go down and and end it with a a game-winning kick um that's that's what i what i feel and it also goes along with my plus three and a half pick so i have the chargers winning by a field goal 21 18 Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm following them at the under baby. Let's go. Yes, sir. I mean, you and I are thinking very similarly today. Um, thinking about back, like what you said about Robert solid, this there's a few coaches in this league that it feels like this team will literally kill for them. Robert solid would be one, you know, Dan Campbell in Detroit would be one. Mike Vrabel in Tennessee would be another one. Like those just seem like those kind of, yes, Mike Tomlin. Those are like the kind of coaches that no matter what kind of talent they have on the field, you know, they're going to scratch and fight until the very end, regardless of what's on the scoreboard. And I think that fits Robert Sala's mentality and this team's mentality perfectly. I'm expecting another really ugly one. I'm also going to go with, see, I wanted you to go first because we tend to do poorly when both of us pick them to win. And usually we can mix in a little bit of jinx and action in there, but I'm going with the chargers. Um, I think it's going to be a really ugly game. I'm going to pick an ugly score for an ugly game. Give me the chargers 19 to 16. Okay. A lot of field goals. I think Greg Zerline and Cam Dicker are going to have some ice on their legs after the game. Um, But I don't know. I, I think it'll be one of those, maybe not necessarily a game winner, but, you know, maybe like three minutes left, we put it away. Defense can get a stop against a poor Jets offense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, 
I'm expecting I'm expecting a game that's going to make you probably want to gouge out your eyes by the end of it. But an ugly win is a win, and we'll take them. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take any win at this point. And yeah, I, I do want to preface or not preface, but just s- slip in here after my prediction. I am not confident in this prediction at all. Like mm-hmm. this is my final prediction. I I do in my heart of hearts, I think we win. But in my brain, I'm like, I've I'm I'm definitely prepared for the other result as well because, and again, I'm just more nervous about how this fourth quarter is going to go because it's it's just going to be another down to the wire game. It seems like a lot of Jets games this year have been down to the wire. Chargers are notorious for having games going down to the wire, so it just has all the makings of that. And when you consider how scrappy this defense is, how well coached they are. Um, and, and all of our issues on the defensive side of the ball, even though it is Zach Wilson and, uh, that offense, I mean, it's, it just has all the makings of being close and yeah, I I think the chargers ultimately get out of there with a win, but my confidence scale right now is probably like a four out of a 10. Yeah. I, I, I completely understand it. If it makes you, if it makes you feel more at ease, I will say I have seen the game script and I know what's going to happen, which leads into my biggest prediction. Finally, it's going to hit. We've said it a few times. Defensive touchdown is coming this week. I'm not going to. I saw who it was. I saw everything that happened, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, defensive touchdowns happening this week against a bad offense. Oh, we got a Hail Mary attempt here. But just against a really bad offense, and you know, I think our defense has been making some plays lately. Um, yeah, I I think that they will ride off a pretty big high from that Chicago game last week and turn the ball or get some turnovers this week. Take one to the house, please. That would be dope. I would love that. My bull prediction for tomorrow night would be Quentin Johnston touchdown. All right, hey, both these can hit. It's time to it's time to ramp up the hype train a little bit more. Let's let's dial it up just another notch on Quentin Johnson. I think a touchdown. No matter, I mean, it doesn't matter what yardage he has. If he has a nice grab or you know a touchdown that wasn't supposed to be a touchdown, but he turned it into a touchdown with his yards after catch ability, um, anything like that, just a highlight scoring play. I think would be huge for this fan base's confidence, his confidence, Justin Herbert's confidence in him. Um, and yeah, let's just, let's continue to get this QJ Justin Herbert connection. Let's, let's strengthen it a little bit each week. I love it, dude. Um hoping, you know, dude, if I see like a 50 yard bomb to QJ or something, you, you're going to have to check my pulse. Um, <laughs> I'm so ready for this dude to really, really show up and it definitely could start tomorrow night. A hundred percent, man. I'm excited Monday night. Nothing like it. You know, when, when you get home from work or school or class on a Monday and you know, you know, Monday night countdowns coming on, you're going to see those powder blues in action. Uh, it's exciting. So I can't wait, man. It's going to be a great game and it'll, it'll tell us a lot about, you know, the rest of the season going forward. So, uh, yeah, with that, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of chargers powder hour. This has been episode number 93. Who you got? Uh, 
Justin, Justin Jones. There you go. That's who I got. All right. That's where I was thinking. Cool. Uh, which shout out Justin Jones. Just played shout him this last Justin week. Jones. Yep. Um, but make sure to follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Patter Hour Pod LA for all the latest news and updates about the podcast. And as always, bolt up. Peace.